Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What You Say Anime, I am your host Peter. On today's episode, along with my lovely co-host Rifle, we will be looking back on the past winter season and giving our review. If this is your first time joining us, we will be discussing these shows with spoilers. So if you'd like to avoid our thoughts on a specific show, in the description of the episode, there will be timestamps for each show that we are discussing. Before we jump into our review, Rifle, how are you doing? What are your thoughts on the overall winter season that, that was? Honestly, uh, there are a lot of people out here that say this may be the weakest season. Uh, I want to say it was very weak. We still have the future to see. I think this was actually a good season for us. Yeah, I, I thought this was a, an overall pretty solid season. I had some low expectations coming into it, but there were some shows that came out of nowhere that really were delightful to watch and caught my eye, and we are going to be discussing them today, so... Without further ado, I think we're going to jump into the first show that did that for me personally. Uh, that was Ranking of Kings. Uh, it finished its second core, and we can finally are able to review it. I think a lot of people had some issues with the second core, but I kind of want to focus on what the show did for me personally. And that's just its overall theme of uh, forgiveness, struggles, and pushing through when the situation is dire. And I think that's what uh, Ranking of Kings really showed for me along with its incredible animation, directing, the music was just just so good. I think that this show was under everybody or was under the radar for almost everybody in the beginning of the previous season and then when we wrapped up, we kind of started getting a lot of discussions whether this show really is a classic or where people stand on it. So, Rifle, I want to get your initial thoughts on Ranking of Kings. Yeah, I I'm finally glad we're able to talk about it cuz it was hard. <laughs> Uh, as it was going through last season. Uh, initially, I started it, and I'm like, uh, only came in because of the Wit Studio name behind it. Yep. And that first episode, I was just in tears, just because of Boji himself. I feel like this uh, show itself does well for its building of characters, the background behind each one. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really complain about the cast that we had. I think that there are so many people that stood out for different reasons in which what resonated for me, because a big thing for me is the characters in the show and how they're represented and how they interact with each other. And and just like in the beginning of like, say someone like Hilling, where you think that she's kind of like the wicked witch of the West or, you know, the evil godmother from Cinderella, because she kind of puts out those vibes and then by the end of it, she's probably one of my top, I mean, she's probably like second right now for best girl of the year. Like she was just absolutely incredible. Kage represented like what being just like a supportive friend is kind of, uh, I guess some like Kilua vibes from Kage and just the heart touching moments along with just like the family aspect with seeing stuff like uh, Boji's mom getting killed in battle uh kage's mom getting uh ganked by like a mob and their struggles with finding people that they can attach themselves to because it's always been a struggle with kage being a loner and with boji being somebody who's unable to communicate uh well i guess he can do sign language but he's deaf and mute so we we brought up like those problems so how are your thoughts on like the cast overall uh i think the show did fairly well with the cast I don't think there was anyone that I really hated. Uh, I had so much fun with them. Definitely, well, now that I think about it, we did uh, have fuck Domas and fuck Maranjo. Yeah, uh, the Maranjo um, 
discussion is going to be fun and especially with deciding on which side you're on which side are you on are you on fuck Miranjo or are you on team Miranjo? uh <laughs> i think i'm on a uh, fuck moranjo okay i see her i see her past but like that doesn't give me that reason to do all that stuff that yeah happened. I, th- I think you get like a really good like philosophical debate to be i'm on team moranjo um for the sake that she was following somebody who essentially defeated a god and is the most strongest person in the entire world and having like false hope in somebody like that will lead you to poor decisions by the end of it, you saw her misplaced um, trust kind of go to turmoil based off of all the people that she hurt, and she realized that. So, to me, I think that's part of the story, part of the theme that is Ranking of Kings is forgiveness and really not trying to make the mistakes that people, like, lead to that lead to, like, for example, war. And I think we're going to talk about that maybe with Attack on Titan later, but st- stopping the bleeding stopping these mistakes that happen over and over again, learning to forgive, learning to love, and then trying to build from that standpoint instead of taking revenge, sort of going away from the eye for an eye approach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about in ranking of Kings, we talked about like the themes. I, I brushed on it for a moment, but the music in ranking of Kings is just absolutely incredible. They released, I think it's on Spotify now, but the full soundtrack of Ranking of Kings. It's like a hundred songs or something like that, or uh, instrumentals. To me, that that this it really like pushed it. Like what this is the type of thing that like pushes shows for me to like uh, a seven to an eight or an eight to a nine is is stuff like this. Like the technical aspects of the music just really encapsulate that fantasy element. Did you have any thoughts on like the music or the soundtrack in general? Yeah, I think uh, it really captivated the world for me. Uh... Not just the soundtrack, but just the openings as well. Yep. Uh, you know my take. Uh, I find the song of opening one, I don't really like it, but the lyrics to the song fit so well with Boji's growth. Yes. How uh, he was just like a duckling waddling, and everyone slowly started to fall in behind him to support him. I just really vibed with that. I liked how this whole show, one of the great parts of the show i think is the fantasy aspect yes because we've seen the what was it that giant beast in the forest where it ate up all the souls and spat back out bodies i'm like what type of imagination do you need for this or that whole uh that whole ridiculous thing to get uh dida to drink that uh potion where they had to hatch an egg make a phoenix and they cut off the head yep yeah it was a it was a fun dynamic between um like fantasy a style similar to like maybe like lord of the rings or something like that along with like the fairy tale storytelling of having that that happy ending having uh the redemption of characters having boji come out on top at the end very nice mixture of storytelling i thought between those two elements um, I also want to give a shout out to, I think it was episode 19, uh, the fight with uh, Boji and Dida, which is probably going to be a fight of the year can- candidate for anime of the year. That was just so well done. So unique. The, the, the lens that they used and the type of um, just like cinematography that they used in that fight was just next level stuff. It's definitely one of those moments that stuck out to me a lot. There's a lot of memorable moments for me. 
even like the comedic moments when Boji was training with Despa and learning how to use his new sword, um, using like that his dodging ability to like really be his main like I guess tactical advantage in fights was really something else. And then you get like his giant fat horse that has been ridden like five years, and that's why Despa's <laughs> late to the party. Stuff like that was like a really nice mix between um, displaying who Despa is as a character, because like he's obviously like, in- extremely flamboyant, um, very uh, over the top, and it kind of matched his character when you have like a fat ca- uh, horse like that. And I think that resonates with the rest of the show with just who they are as people, and it, it showcases in that dynamic. Um, did you have like a, a special, like a s- specific character or something that stuck out to you? Because like to me, it was. To me, I really enjoyed like Despa and Hilling outside of like the two main cast. Yeah, I'd have to, like you said, I'd have to go with Hilling. I just, uh, like you said in the beginning, she displayed that stepmother vibes, and then my whole world was turned upside down just to see how caring she was and how much of a <laughs> badass she was, where yeah. she was conf- uh, confronting, uh, uh who was it boss in uh her son's body yeah that whole dynamic of like being um because how it's portrayed early is i felt like we get the vibes of like you know she she raised this son so she could have or she had boss bossy's um kid essentially to be in power or something like that it's kind of like the vibes i got and then you find out later that she's like no she's like very loving mother to not only dida but to boji as a stepmom and uh put it in the words of jay who said like she wasn't the stepmom she's the mom that stepped up and yeah. just really showcased her character along with her um it was fun to see like her magical abilities that she is a healer outside of being like the queen and her battle moments with her wearing like giant armor like that was super fun to watch and then at the end her and uh dorshi dorshi or whatever that touching moment because I think a lot of people ship those two together and then we got to see that at the end. It was just like, yes, I had such a blast with like the the final like two episodes. I think a lot of people had, did you have like any, we, we saw, especially on Mal, uh, ranking Kings was somewhere at like an 8.8 and by the end of the show it was about like an 8.7. So it dropped like a, po- a point one. Did you have like anything that stuck out to you, especially with like the ending that really like, maybe dampered your score or your enjoyment of the show? So, I will say I do think uh, the latter half, there was a bit of some pacing to me, but it didn't really hamper. I think the end of it all was a bit questionable with uh, Dida and Maranjo. I know it makes sense with the whole marriage stuff, but when you just think about the technical aspects, it's kind of a bit weird. Uh, I don't really support it, but I understand why he did what he did. But it wasn't enough for me to knock down my score of the show. I think you're not the only person in that boat. A lot of people had issues with that. Personally, I I think we saw enough in when he was trapped in like that void and Bosse yeah. was taking over his body and the like spirit of Miranjo was with him. And you kind of see how he got attached to that person and then seeing her outside in real life. I think the attachment stayed 
and it was a way for him to save her because I think he really saw like who she was. I don't know. I, I think some of the romantic things could probably be criticized, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of like saving her and um, Mirandro kind of like wanting to redeem herself for what she did. And I think that was a really important like theme are a really important storytelling moment that they tried to tell in the story because there's so many people that are like that. Even Bossy at the end was like, I think he realized that like his run is over and it, it's time to move on. And I think that was like a very prominent part towards the end that I really attached myself to. So I liked it. I, I, under, I completely understand like your viewpoint and other people's viewpoints with the ending to me it was just like the theme that they were trying to tell they told it and to me that's what like really stuck out so let's get to our final thoughts and our ratings do you want to go first you want me to go first uh you go first all right um i loved ranking of kings from start to end i thought what they were trying to accomplish they succeeded uh throughout the entire story there was like two and a half episodes where i felt like probably could have been like one but I don't think that's like a knock on like it's my personal overall score for the show because the rest of the story was, I thought, very well paced. And just everything about the story, whether it was the struggles with the characters, along with the technical aspects of like the cinematography, the music, uh, the voice acting was all just so well done. I had a great time watching the Ranking of Kings. I think it is a strong contender for Anime of the Year. I think we have a lot of categories that it could enter with like best boy best protagonist best antagonist best soundtrack best animation best director are all in the conversations for ranking of kings i am waiting for the chapters to get translated in english so i can read it because it's not caught up right now in on in english and i can't wait for more i'm giving the show a 10 i absolutely enjoyed it i loved it it's it's probably my front runner for anime of the year Rifle your thoughts. Yeah, this whole show, I was just always hyped for each episode. I was always love the characters they had. This show made me tear up so many times. Like you said, the theme of the show was family, and we saw a lot of it from uh that what was it, the those gigants where uh he was used as bait to lure in. Yeah, Gigon. Uh, yeah, that dude. That dude was great. Yeah. Yes, we had that. We had the Brothers of the Underworld, where their whole dynamic was trying to save their brother, Oaken. Yep. And I just, I really vibed with that whole stuff. Everything, I, <laughs> it made the whole show fun. And like you said, it did not hurt my score whatsoever. That's why I'm going to give this score a 10. Let's go. I was scared that you weren't going to give it a 10. So that's two 10s for Ranking of Kings from both me and Rifle. Uh, we're all switching up just a little bit in terms of uh, the storytelling. And we're going to be talking about My Dress Up Darling. What a absolute refreshing uh, tale of a romantic comedy that we've gotten. Uh, where I believe like the main girl character stuck out so fast. That to me that Mar Marin... I think I wouldn't say she carried the show, but she definitely was the main reason why I got hooked. And it was really nice to see Gojo's presence develop throughout the story. This show was a absolute delight. 
Um, Rifle, what are like your initial thoughts on my dress up, darling? Uh, yeah, I I went into it on like a whim. There was uh, I saw the PV for it, and just the way it was animated, uh, her expressions, I was like, wow, that 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 looks pretty good. And so I decided to give episode one a chance, and you just see Marin literally flying through the air dramatically as she hits uh gojo's desk and i'm like what the heck just to see her vibrant energy i'll say that uh one of the reasons why i went through the show was because of her energy she uh gave out yeah i'm a big fan of the genki um female characters but a lot of times they are the the side characters not really the main focus i felt like even though I do think Gojo is the main character of the show, it's definitely around his focal point. Uh, Marin just was an absolute treat. I thoroughly enjoyed like her dialogue that she provided and um, the confidence that she had in herself. Where a lot of times where we see in female characters where they're super bashful, uh, shy, quiet, and um, always playing to like a trope, Marin to me felt like she was pushing forward with everything and really just going out of her way to do what she wanted to do. And that was cosplay. And to me, that's just like what was stood out. I think that's what like made the show, the character dynamics between Marin and Gojo was just so well done. It's, it's a little different from like Miyamura and Hori from last year where I liked their dynamic, but that was like a little more comedical and over the top to me, this felt like it was real. It was Marin pursuing a passion, Gojo having a hobby slash passion slash like career with his dolls, but like that transitioned over into cosplaying, and then just just them developing the the chemistry between them two, and that leading down the road of romance that we saw more towards the I would say middle to end part is where it really started to bloom. We definitely saw Marin making the advances and Gojo being that shy male character, which I think is fine. It's a fun trope. And yeah, to me, that's just like what really set it apart from like other rom-coms. I don't think it's like blue period-esque in terms of the passion of following a hobby. However, the hobby was fun and it led to some moments, I will put it that way, where it was hit and miss within the community. So... Uh, Rifle, what are your thoughts on the moments? If you get if you catch my drift in the show, yeah, the moments, uh, definitely the moments. I had considering the type of anime I consume, I wasn't really put off by the moments. I was actually quite shocked they had it, but it really helped elevate the show because it still wasn't like the focal point for much of the time. Instead, it was trying to address the whole cosplaying. Uh, aspect where in certain elements you do need to make sure you're the perfect fit in some cases or they use special techniques like that uh uh chest to uh flatten uh females chest area yep to make them look more uh flat yep. and i was like that's quite interesting uh this whole show did very well for technical aspects the cosplaying that you don't really think about too much yeah there were some elements in the the the, the fan service where i thought it was well done 
and there were some parts where I thought it was a little too much. Um, I enjoyed the first like interaction where she came over in like a bikini and that she needed to get measured because that's how you get measured. Like you kind of have to strip down to something like that. And to me, that seemed like a very topical high school thing to do. It was more along the lines of like the scene where the bathroom and she like falls down and then Gojo's uh, just like looking at her for like 10 seconds. That was a lot. Like, I mean, people meme the shit out of it for a reason because yeah. It was just so over, so over the top that it didn't really like. It, sometimes it felt a little out of place. Obviously, the show has etchy elements, but uh, I'm calling it like modern day etchy, where like the etchy comes third in the story instead of like high school DxD, where like the etchy comes first. Yeah. Um, because I do think like this is a good story. They the dialogue was great. The characters were super fun, and the chemistry between the two male leads like drove the show. And having these over-the-top etchy elements sometimes pulled me away from that. Especially, like, there was that scene and there was the other scene where they did, like, the first cosplay meetup. And Baron kept calling her tits, like, boo bags. And, like, there's a real emphasis on the boo bags. And, like, I got it the first time and then they did, like, a second and third and fourth time. It's like, alright, like, I get what you're doing. You already showed me this. So, to me, that's kind of like a put-off, but... It was, like, really the only thing that I didn't enjoy about the show. But, like, one thing I thought the show did absolutely incredible was to showcase the vocabulary of Marin as a, like, 16-year-old girl. Like, using love instead of love is a very nice touch. Uh, the gibberish speak when uh, Gojo comes over to her apartment for the first time. When she's like... Like, that was super funny. Like, what that's what she's going through in her head and it's like translated as that. And I thought that was like a really nice touch that we don't really see where a lot of times it feels, especially in rom-coms can feel cookie cutter in the dialogue. Like we know where the story is going to go. It's how we, how are we going to get there? And I feel like dress up darling captured that. Honestly, one of the best I've ever seen in anime, at least I thought it was just in incredibly well done. Did you have any like final thoughts before we get into a rating? Yeah, I just, uh, I think throughout the entire show, uh, this was made by Cloverworks, and last year we had some uh, iffy issues with Cloverworks. Yeah. But this time yeah, around, I felt like they really put all their love into this. We see it through all the animations. Some of the scenes were done very well, such as the, uh, what was it? I liked the fireworks scene at the end. Oh yeah, that was real good. It's, it's a amazing moment with the fireworks and it pans over to Marin and then she just sticks out her blue tongue and I'm like wow and the best part I think was like the very end where they're having their phone conversation and it pans to shot of both of them laying across from each other with the phone in the middle I found that to be quite the epic uh, shot yeah it was honestly like I, the best way I think to end the season like that, uh, and on that note, and on that high note of a confession, sort of, but like you see the progression of Marin trying to be more comfortable with that with Gojo, and she's like testing the waters. So, really enjoyed that. Let's get to our final thoughts, though. Uh, to me, Dress Up Darling was a show I coming into it, I thought it was gonna be like a seven or eight, uh, just based off of its manga rating. That's kind of the vibes I got, but the show. What above and beyond what it needed to do, 
Um, it had a really, it had a pretty solid soundtrack along with its OP and ED were fantastic. Um, I think the ED is probably one of the best, um, EDs of the season last year, or sorry, last year, last season. Uh, it really stuck out to me. It was super fun and, uh, goofy. Like the two kind of interact and the ED really reflected that. The chemistry between Marin and Gojo is the driving force of this show. It was so well done with the Genki girl, the shy guy, but him sort of coming out of her shell. And then Marin sort of um, detracting from the Genki girl to being a little bit more cautious because she's realizing like her feelings with Gojo. And it kind of makes you question it. And I think that happens in real life where you kind of put like a persona on for maybe a girl that you like or something like that. And then once she starts liking you back, you try to do everything in your power to, you know, stay cool. And I felt like I got that vibe from Baron where she was trying to stay cool for Gojo. And along, I mean, it was like a combination of that and her being her goofy self. Uh, to me, the show was great. The side characters with the cosplay was, I thought it was okay. Um, it didn't really like add anything to the story unless you are like into cosplay. I think if you're into cosplay, it added like an element to the show that you would probably like to me. It, it, it didn't, but it's not really like a negative of the show. Um, that being said, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. The manga is selling like hotcakes since the anime came out. So I would assume we're getting a second season, maybe next year, maybe like 2024, kind of like with rent a girlfriend. That's kind of like the vibe I got with it. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for a second season. Hopefully I'm giving this a nine out of 10. How about you rifle? Yeah, during the entire show, I think there were a little bit of parts of Gojo where I think uh, his trope was a bit played out too much, where uh, Marin would do something very expressive with her service moments, and he'd just be all flustered up, looking off. Uh, sometimes I was kind of a bit bored by it, because I'm like, yeah, I get it. Uh, but aside from that, uh, like you said, I just enjoy the technical stuff about this uh, I like the moment with uh, the two sisters where they introduced the whole camera trying to angle themselves using a light and whatnot. I just loved all the technical stuff they had. I enjoyed near the end where this relationship between Marin and Gojo is starting to blossom. Uh, so I gave this show a 9 out of 10 as well. Look at that. We're matching. Two for two on identical scores so me and rifle are both giving dress up darling a 9 out of 10 next up a show that is insanely popular by everybody uh was one of the most hyped up shows probably i don't know winter with attack of titan and then demon slayer which we're gonna be talking about now was just the the fandom on twitter was like overloading um having two two massive franchises going at the same time on social media was was a treat, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Demon Slayer, uh, the Entertainment uh, District arc, following the Mugen Train movie slash TV series, whichever one you watched, and we saw Tanjiro meet up with Usui and that that Hashira, and to infiltrate the Entertainment District where people are dying. Um, Rifle, your initial thoughts on the Entertainment District arc of Demon Slayer? Uh, coming off of uh the sad death of Ringoku, uh, we were met with another Hashira, which I'm glad because we still 
I've only scratched the surface to everything for it. This was uh, going into the uh, season. It was interesting to see this, the whole element of the red light district. And in this case, we, like I said, we see more of the Hashira. We see, I want to say a little bit more uh, obscure stuff that we'll talk later on the episode. But I think uh, the whole show just had that good old animation to it. Yeah, the Ufotable definitely came swinging, uh, as they always do. This show was absolutely brilliant in terms of its visuals. To me, this is where Demon Slayer starts losing its substance. I thoroughly enjoyed the first season of Demon Slayer. It was a great introduction to the cast and where they are going. I thought Mugen Train was very good. I gave it an 8. And the Entertainment District was all flash and no substance for me. Where I thought the beginning parts were funny. I thoroughly enjoyed like where it was setting up to be for the Entertainment District itself. And then when we were actually in the Entertainment District, it fell flat for me. There was an episode, I think it's 7, where they are literally standing still for 15 minutes. Talking, expositioning, dumping. And just giving us backstories for um, some of the demons. especially This is when um, the girl gets her head chopped off for the first time and the brother like appears. Yeah. They, that, that episode just dragged and dragged and dragged. This, to me, this season should have been a movie. It was 11 episodes long. I feel like you could have done it in eight. And we just set up for some just... I don't know. I was wishing I, was, I could see something from other characters. We're... And I'm going to specifically call it Tanjiro for this. In the scene where uh, the final battle, the demon lo- the demons lose or whatever, and their heads are like chopped off, they like roll to each other. Tanjiro is still like that same like feel bad for the demon thing where it drives me insane. Like these demons have been murdering civilians for hundreds of years. Hundreds. I believe the female's like 112 years old or something like that. And then Tanjiro's just like, oh, it's their last moment together because they're a brother and sister and me and Nesuko are brother and sister. So I feel bad. Nah, that's when you just stab them, just finish the job. They almost killed you. They almost killed your sister. They almost killed your friends. I was hoping I could see something come out of these characters, but it's just like, Tanjiro's the exact same. Zenitsu's the exact same. Uh, Inosuke, even though I love his character, is the exact same person. These are like trivial moments of just high-intensity, life-threatening events that change people. Let me see the change. And there was none. And don't even get me started on the ending, where we're, we get like a 20-minute backstory on, oh, I was ugly and picked on, so that's why you should feel bad for me that I murdered... I don't know, thousands of people for a hundred years. Nah, I don't give a fuck about you. I don't care about your sister. You guys are like murderers. I do not want to feel any empathy from these people. They do it every single time they kill like a major demon. I'm rambling. Rifle, give me your thoughts on like the story or whatever you want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of... I think I agree. I agree with you like near the end. I didn't like how very last episode with 20 some minutes they then decided to drop a backstory i'm like bro you you already killed them now you want to do the backstory uh tanjiro 
I somewhat understand, like, for him, the uh, whole show is about him is sympathizing with demons because at one point they were humans that fell into bad choices and became what they were. Uh, I kind of feel like when I watch what Tanjiro does, it just makes me think of like Assassin's Creed where the assassin will kill somebody and then let them have their last words of clarity. Uh, and I was okay with that. I know you said uh, episode seven, you're right. They had like 15 minutes where it's exposition dump. I think for me, just having already experienced that a lot, uh, I wasn't as affected by that. I enjoyed the exposition. It was nice. Uh, like you said, the whole fights were just flashy. Yeah, the action was there. Like, if this is what you're showing up for for Demon Slayer, it's there. This is this is for you. For me, when I watch something like Jujutsu Kaisen, which is like a combination of, I think, a really solid to very good story, along with that, along with the character development that I long for, and then when I see something like Demon Slayer, I'm just like, give me, I need some substance out of these characters. I need something. Like, Usui is just carrying the show. I didn't care for his three wives. It was kind of like a funny comedic moment, like comic relief type of thing. I'm not, I'm I'm kind of just like surprised by like the popularity a little bit. I shouldn't say it because it's Demon Slayer and everybody watches it. But like when I went to like my local con, like I saw like a hundred of them. I'm like, they're on the show for like six minutes. Like, all right, like whatever you can do whatever you want. Like that's fine. But I was just kind of surprised by like that popularity. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good to say about the choreography with the fights were, I mean, it's Demon Slayer. It's God tier shit. Like the the animations were stunning. This was movie quality. I felt like it was overall a very fun show. I just felt like the substance that I got in season one, I was kind of hoping that we would have some of that and I just didn't get it. It was just like a fun, flashy show and that's okay. It's just, if you want it to be, to me, like, next-gen shonen, in terms of my opinion, this wasn't it. Um, how, what are your final thoughts on Demon Slayer? Yeah, like I said, uh, when it had its flashy moments, I was just left in awe. The last battle, I just... Uh, one of the moments that I was really captivated was when the demon actually stabs Tanjiro through the his jaw i'm like holy cow you uh, you, you just brought up something that i forgot like the the ass pull of inosuke of like why he didn't die is that he can rearrange his organs it's like <laughs> sure 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 uh, yeah, he's like i'm gonna go down this hole and then he starts rearranging his bones i'm like okay yeah it's like sure <laughs> l- let's make that let's make that a thing why not sorry continue uh, <laughs> that's a good point uh or like how what was it Zenetsu? Uh, he stays asleep through the out the entire time. Yeah, uh, it's just like sure. <laughs> yeah, so at that point, you're just like, this is the characters I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like, uh, as I said, you go into it. Uh, I went into it with the uh, I like the, the fights. There were hype moments, especially somehow uh, Nezuko just grows up and. Uh, definitely expands yeah uh but she had clearly a great fight against the other sister uh 
I just, uh, I kind of was a bit, I guess they didn't want another Rengoku, so they're just like, yeah, we won't, we won't kill this Hashira yet. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, but it was, I found it just to be okay. They're just on their deathbed, and then Nezuko comes over there, and they just burn some, and it's yep. like, oh yeah, you're healed. Yeah. The, 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 the deus ex machinas were, were strong in this arc, that's for sure. Yes, especially with the, uh, the buffed out mice. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's fun. That's what the show is. It's, it's fun. It's not like, yeah. a, it's not critical. Like, it's not this deep show. It's, it's Demon Slayer. Uh, I guess I'll give my uh, final thoughts and rating. I thought that this season was a step down from Mugen Train in terms of the substance that we got. However, there were some very good moments of the show. Uh, starting the show, the OP is just an absolute bop. It's probably my front runner right now for OP of the year, and that's including the current season. I think that OP is just, in terms of visuals and song, just... It sets the tone of what the entertainment district is. And I just thought that was just so good. Demon Slayer like really rarely misses when it comes to music. Uh, the choreographed fights were incredible. The, the aftermath of the fights I thought were awful. Uh, I hate the sympathy bullshit for the demons. Just let them die. And we don't need a 20-minute backstory for uh, genocidal murderers. Uh, that being said, I had a good time watching it. I just thought it was a step down from Mugen Train. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, so for me, uh, I again, this was Youth for Table. Uh, and they brought it with their uh, quality animation. Like you said, the music of the opening was such a banger. Love the visuals of it as well. Uh, I think just having the backstory at the end for these demons hurt me. Like, as in, like, I just didn't like it at the end when they're already dead. However, I feel like it just adds more to the demon to see how they became what they were instead of, oh, it's just a bad guy, time to kill them. It just, just, it just goes to show what led to them circumstances. Sure, you don't need to care about them, uh, that they're dead now. But for me, uh, I didn't have much of a problem with this uh, uh, season, this arc. I felt it was fun. Uh, I got my enjoyment from it. I think I'll give uh, this show an 8 out of 10. All right. 7 for me, 8 from Rifle. Uh, next up, a show that has been... Three months in the waiting, uh, 86 part two, we finally got the last two episodes so we can finally critique uh, the show itself, especially this this part. For me, if you heard or seen my review of the first part, did not like 86. I gave it a six. I really dislike the, the martyrdom aspects of the characters where they're all kind of in, they're all essentially the same characters. That's kind of where I felt the show was really lacking, except for Shin. I thought Shin was great. A6 Part 2 is so much better because, you know, all of them are dead except for five of them, so now their characters can actually show who they are, and they did. I thought they did a fantastic job of really sh uh, showcasing the main five uh, remaining 86 left and coming into their own. 
That was like a huge thing for me with the show. Um, and that being like, I, I want to get your thoughts too on like the production delays. Did the wait like hinder your score? Because for me, I personally waited until we got the episodes till I finished 80, like till I watched it. And for me, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I can see it. And I think in some people's eyes where they had to wait three months for like two episodes. What were your initial thoughts on like the production issues and then your thoughts on this part of 86? Uh, yeah. So production issues, we've seen this in the past happen to, uh, uh, wonder egg. Yep. Uh, it's understandable because they don't want to release it, uh, like out on the internet. They need time slot, but because the time slots already taken up in the next season, they have to wait it out. So that's understandable. Uh, I didn't think, uh, for me, I don't think it was like all of that. Like the weight didn't feel like it was like, Oh my God, uh, this weight, I just loved it. Uh, but it didn't really hinder my score of the show. It was okay. Yep. I still enjoyed the last two eps. I like that you call it eps. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, one character that I, I really didn't enjoy, and I didn't understand like her part on like the battlefield, it was Frederica, the little girl. I understand like who she is as a character, but like at the mm-hmm. at the last episode, she's like on the battlefield, like try. I don't know. Like I I understand like why she's doing it because the person that was like in the Legion machine was like her old knight, but like who would let this child? onto the battlefield in the first place. Um, had some issues with that. Um, but really, what I want to say about 86 was just the showcase of the characters becoming the characters that I wanted from part one. Um, especially, like, Anju, the... Is it, yeah, her name is Anju Emma, the silver-haired girl that's not the commander. I thought she really showcased who she was as a character in this part. Um, and same with the redhead girl. I, I enjoyed her like development as well. Shin's the goat. I really enjoy Shin as a main main lead. He does a lot of things well. I think for right now, um uh Lena, the or Handler One or whatever, the girl, I think she's a little overhyped in terms of anime only's perception on her. I don't understand like why people think she's a good character, especially in part two when she's in the show for like three episodes. Um but this season did so much more that I wanted from part one that we got in part two. That was a thoroughly enjoyable show. The combat was there. The sound is like really well done along with the music itself. The animation can be hit and miss. I feel like at some parts it's really well done. And then there's some parts where it just seems a little like too CGI ish for me. Um, which is, it's hard when you like mesh the two. It's not something like Doro Hedera where it's just like all like CG or like B stars. A6 has that mix and you can really see it. And sometimes it's off-putting most of the time it's not. So I don't want to like critique it too much on what it was. Um, I guess rifle for you. Was there anything that like stood out that you really enjoyed or something that like you really did not enjoy about this part compared to the first part? Honestly, uh, the first part, uh, despite me not seeing the whole appeal for it, uh, I gave it like a seven, Mm -hmm. uh, part two. I definitely do think it was like, a step up same uh because <laughs> i just wasn't feeling uh lena i i just was i didn't really care for her i didn't like the her character 
I do think, though, for part two, it was a little bit better because she wasn't there as much. <laughs> and when she was, it was for, like, moments where she got to meet back up with the people yeah. and actually get to see them because she never once saw what they looked like. Yeah, that scene, that, that end, I mean, we talked about it before with uh, um, Dress Up Darling. What a great way to end this part. That meetup was so well done. I think, uh, like you said, the CGI uh, for the fights, I think it was similar to part one. I just felt like for some fights, uh, the transitioning was very whiplash. Yeah, like, yep, I agree. Trying to process what's happening. Uh, but I like that whiplash. No, whiplash. That's a good way to use. I think that's a good like verbiage for how I felt as well. Yeah, but as I said, though, there were some entertaining moments they had, such as the final battle between uh, uh, Shin and the old knight. And you brought up uh, why they have a little girl on the battlefield. Uh, I think they mentioned in the show that. I don't know if it's an old custom or if it's something they still do. It's to be used as like a mascot and to have the troop uh, have something worth dying to protect. Okay, them. okay, that makes more sense. But even then, Shen had wanted to leave her behind, but she still followed him, fearing for him. Yeah, because she's like a princess, and like having your princess on the battlefield seems a little weird, but like, I guess with context, it makes a lot more sense. It wasn't something that I was like docking points for. It just like yeah. it felt a little off to me, I guess. Um, okay, I had this conversation. I think I had it with Pat. How did you feel about with the first episode where like Lena like dyed a strip of her hair red? <laughs> how, 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 what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was a little silly. I was like, oh wow, she she dyed her. I think. Huh. First off, I think she looks fine. I think, uh, she, what was it? She gained her nickname Blood Rain or something. Yeah. I, I, yeah, so I'm, I, yeah, I found that silly. Well, again, I think that's supposed to be like the whole character hair trope to show that this person's changed, which granted, she kind of was. She was the only one who prepared for the defenses of the Republic. That kind of caught that? me off guard. The, the Republic, when they. Their oh, town just got leveled? Yeah. I was like... And like I said, that's where that part where I said her not being present a lot, when she was present, it was a lot more impactful. Yeah. Because you see her directing orders to others, trying to uh, defend her capital. And I was like, that is pretty dope. Yep. I I'm glad their town got leveled. That's what you get. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then you see the after effects in the last episode where... Uh, some of them are still angry at the people that saved them. Yeah, like, turn the racism down just a smidge. Like, we're trying to help you. These people are just assholes. I wish, uh, those survivors, I don't know. They're just, it, it reminds me of just, like, Attack on Titan with, like, some people. Just, like, just just die already. I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. But final thoughts. Let's get into the final thoughts on 86 Part 2. thought this was a huge step up from Part 1. Uh, from a technical aspect, I thought... That the animation was solid, um, wonky at points, but for the majority of the show, very well done. Shin continued being a fantastic character, and I'm glad that the side characters or the supporting cast really got their shine in this moment. We now we have like a established team, 
So if now if one of them dies, now it's going to be impactful. Where I felt like in the first part, I if somebody died, like I didn't care. Like I don't care. And now yeah, I do I care. That's how I felt with AOT, uh the first season. They had that a lot of characters and then they just kept dying left and right. Yeah, it's supposed to set up that their world is harsh, but at yeah, the same I, time, yeah, correct. You don't know who to care for. Correct. It it's it, it it leaves you in that conundrum where like, okay, the world is harsh, we're at war, people die any second, but at the same time it's like the the impact of what was the guy's name that died in part two? It was like Arthur or something like that, who was like on the the other Oh you talking about uh what was for name? the Legion the Legion or the uh He, he the... wore like glasses Eugene. Oh, Eugene yeah. like Eugene's death was fantastic like that's how you establish a character that's how you make his death meaningful that's how you make his death impactful love the eugene death rest in peace to my boy eugene you are great um and that's what part two did and it makes me way more excited for the continuing parts so for me loved 86 part two um it handled so many things more I should say it handled things better than the first part that that I had qualms with. So I'm gonna give it an eight. I had a really good time watching A6 Part Two. That's a pretty good score. Uh for me, uh, one of the cool moments about this show itself, uh, I just like the militaristic aspects. And so in uh, I think what was it, episode nine or ten, uh, they're like, yeah, we we got to take out that huge old cannon. So we're going to have to fly you there. And they just have an underground base with a giant uh, uh, carrier. And I'm like, holy cow. Uh, just seeing all that uh, mil- military stuff got me going. Yep. Uh, I think the music for part two, I liked it a lot more than part one. Uh, it really hyped me up. I found it a lot enjoyable. Uh, I don't know what else to say because we already said it. Uh, for me, I think it was just a lot better. I liked Shin more. Uh, when Lena, despite her, yeah, with her being there less, made it more impactful. Uh, I can't wait. If they do another... Uh, they are. Yeah, we're, they we're, do, we're, we're getting more. Uh, I'll be all for it. Uh, for me, I give this uh, show, this uh, part two, a uh, nine. All right. Eight for me, nine from Rifle. Uh, Rifle's flying solo on this one since I did not watch Attack on Titan. Uh, Rifle, your uh, review of Attack on Titan, the final part two electric boogaloo. <laughs> yes. Uh, honestly, for me, this was very... Uh, uh, this is the very entertaining arc before what we will get next year. Uh, a lot of impactful stuff that happened this arc. We actually got to see uh, uh, Aaron and Zeke get together right after Gabby uh, goes four to four and shoots Aaron's head off. Never misses. That's my girl. <laughs> uh, we actually we actually got to see why this uh, timeline actually exists because Aaron does his time wizard powers and goads his father to get the founding titan uh how that makes sense i mean <laughs> don't really know 
Uh, it just happens. I'm okay with it. Uh, this is the first time we see the whole path stuff. Uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, we actually got to see Zeke more. Uh, uh, what was it? I think we did see a little bit more to Zeke. His own uh, struggles. How he saw his father. Uh, and then we finally see that he realized that his father wasn't that bad. It was all Aaron who did it. Uh, throughout the whole season, it was just very political, I'll say. Uh, the whole time, it's the rumbling. And thanks to the opening, they don't want to let you get it out of your head. Rumbling. Rumbling. It, it may not be a lot of people's favorite, but I had fun with it. Just singing along with rumbling, rumbling, it's coming, rumbling. Uh, I feel like the... Sh I think MAPPA did quite a good job at adapting this season. I feel like everything was one-to-one. -one. Uh, their art style is pretty decent. Uh, when it comes to the CGI, it wasn't as bad as, like, season one. Not season one. Uh, the prior season. Uh, honestly, it was a decent show if you like Attack on Titan. Uh, we had episode 11, I think where we finally had a lot of action go down, where Annie comes back and starts killing people. Because that's why we watch Attack on Titan, is for Titans to kill humans. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was it? And then near the end of episode 12, we see Aaron in his skeletal, ginormous body about to flatten the world. Uh, really not much to say. For me, I think this was, like you said, going back to 86, uh, when we mentioned how people are still racist towards their saviors, yeah. this was, this was a bit, uh, this was a point where two sides who were both hated each other came to an agreement to try to take down Aaron. We see them try to bury the hatchet. And one of the interesting moments was in episode 11, where they had to fend off against uh, the reinforcements that come after Eren. Uh, the, the commander for the Marley force decides to stay behind. And lo and behold, the sergeant who drilled Eren, Mikasa, and Armin back in their early days, he shows up and decides to stay with them as well. And they perform a last stand of blowing up the ship. I think this show, uh, well, not this arc, goes to show them trying to uh, make amends with each other so that they can prepare for what's to come in season three because we got to get ready for Attack on Titan Shippuden. Yep. So, honestly, for me, I still. Mappa delivered on the animation with the fights. I liked it. Uh, story for this moment. I enjoyed it, so I just have to give this part uh, an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 from Rifle. I read this, and I gave it like a 5. So, but that means nothing since I didn't watch it. This is an anime podcast, not a manga. So, moving on to a show that we did both watch, though. Uh, pretty surprised by this one. Uh, Sabut... I was going to say Bisco. I can't pronounce yeah. that first word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very Doro Hadro vibes. I love the world building. In this show, I thought it was very fun. It's 
I'm assuming that this is like a metaphor for like um rapid growth and like pollution because how do they solve the rust? I'm gonna put that in quotations of like the world is by nature and by mushrooms, so that's kind of like the message I got. That's why like the mushroom keepers were such a um I don't know, and some depending on your viewpoint, it's kind of viewed as like terrorists because they're like uh very like anti um like the governor in this situation, very anti corruption, uh very anti capitalism, and they solved I that by yeah. I want to say that I think I think what the case was uh the government like you said the government was corrupting the image of the mushroom keepers. Yeah, no, 100% the, propaganda for sure. Yeah, but like you said uh the governor was a mushroom keeper and so the, not all of them were good. Yeah, 100%. I I I'm just trying to think like I feel like that there was like a deeper meaning on like the larger scale but from like the smaller scale uh, this was kind of just like a dope, like, uh, unique action story of people riding around giant crabs, uh, that shooting arrows that spawn mushrooms, and then having your main character literally be Jesus Christ. So, uh, <laughs> rifle, uh, you changed your Discord to Bisco, so I'm assuming you like the show. What are your initial thoughts on Bisco? Yes. Yeah, so once I. So the beginning of Bisco does an interesting way that's not presented in the source. Uh, in the source, it shows Bisco on his crab and all that, and they get injured, and then they go to the city. In the anime, the first three episodes, it's a back and forth, uh, so you're trying to piece together what's happening. And so in the beginning, you just see the city, you see Milo working on the the females as his doctor, and then you go to Bisco, uh, riding on his crab, and out of nowhere, you have these hippos with machine guns on their backs, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, One of the, the world, just crazy. Continue. I think that, like you said, for me, when I look at the world of Bisco, it feels like this could be a video game with all its absurdness. Uh, we have the, what was it? I think the chameleon cavalry i believe uh the hippos giant shrimp a crab this whole slew of unique things uh like you said it's just shonen dorhadoro and i'm okay with that i went in this Me too. And I, had, I had a blast like this was the show that was following the rule of cool a lot of stuff Probably didn't make sense, but it looked cool as heck. A guy shooting an arrow that made mushrooms appear? That's cool. People like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, the what why I like say something like Bisco where I can like m push some of the nonsense away from something like Demon Slayer where they're both like these shonen action stories is sort of like the context that it's provided in the story. Bisco is just fucking crazy. Like that's what's presented. So when Bisco gets resurrected as Jesus Christ, I'm just like, sure, why not? Like, the story makes no fucking sense. He can throw hippos, like, a mile. Like, that's the whole point of the story is just, like, nonsense, over-the-top crazy shit. Um, I mean, the main character is, like, a doctor and solves, uh, like, this 
rust problem on like his sister and other people like using basic medicine but I no like one else can figure it out it's like sure like that's the context of the story it's just let's go crazy and that's what they did and yeah they did that for uh what was it the pink haired girl who was i guess a mercenary mm-hmm. where she, uh had something wrong with her stomach so milo goes in a kiss and then pulls back and you see this oh giant dude heart. i almost threw up dude that was nasty <laughs> I, I, I loved it, but it's nasty. I know, yeah, it was gross, but I'm like, this is something that <laughs> makes this great. Just the absurdness. Yeah. I think uh, some of the CGI elements, though, for the show was a bit off-putting. Like Very, the, yeah, yeah, you could say that for sure. Uh, Like the giant boss at the end, I'm just like, uh But, like I said, it was a fun ride. I love the interactions between the females and the males especially with uh, milo's sister pawu where uh she starts to have a thing for bisco and she's like hey i want payment and she's like uh give it to me now and kisses him and the old farts like are you sure you don't want to receive a better payment she's like what you talking about i just stole a kiss from a god yeah that was i'm like this is that that's where we like said like okay this is where Bisco is legit Jesus so I I really enjoyed that dynamic for sure. Um, in terms of like the story, it was like batshit. I didn't feel like it was as smart as like Daro Hatero, but it was fun. Uh, it it kept me on my toes because of like the unique world building that it was. This is nothing game changing at all, but I just. Thoroughly enjoyed it. If it got a second season, well, it's a light novel, so that's like the only thing. It's a shonen light novel, which is pretty rare. I feel like, um, I guess it's not labeled as a shonen, but it, it's a hundred percent a shonen. Um, I'd be surprised if we got a second season. I wouldn't mind a second season. It was a it was a very fun show. Um, how about your final thoughts on uh, Bisco? We'll give our ratings. Yeah, just the show itself. Uh... This was very great. I love, like I said, just their introduction to all these different type of animals being used for weaponry, which to me was very cool and unique, especially the uh, escargot freighter. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that thing looks freaking dope. So Carry cool. On. So cool. I, just to think of that. Uh, like I said, the like you said, the world building just looks very nice. Uh, it's nothing groundbreaking, but to me, it was still just absurd. It was cool. I feel like if this ever did get another season, I feel like the next logical spot is to the uh, Mushroom Village. The Mushroom Keeper Village. Yep. That would be just interesting just to see that. Uh, and to solve Bisco uh, God problem, because... I guess he doesn't want to be a god. Uh, but yeah, real fun show. I know for a lot of people, they didn't like the absurdness. Uh, and that's understandable. For me, I liked it. I liked the music a lot for this show. Yep. It was really head-banging to the soundtrack. So, I don't know about you. I'm going to give my score. Yeah, go for it. I think for me, I give this uh, show a 8 out of 10. Okay, right on. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It was very fun. 
kind of like Demon Slayer, it was lacking in some substance where I feel like it could do more. Uh, I do realize that this is like a light version of Doro Hatero. So I was hoping to see some of the themes that like I really enjoyed about that into a show like this. We did get some of it. Like the world building was just so good in the show. Uh, the soundtrack, the music, fantastic. Hit and miss with the CG. As much as I love Crab Bay, um, it looked kind of mid, but like it was fine. It, it's the show is definitely there for like its absurdness, its uh, over the top like action and story, and I think it delivered on doing that. I'm gonna give it a seven. I had a good time. Um, I would recommend it to people that like like this like Adora Hatero Light or something like that or. Looking for something unique. This is a very unique show. All right, let's move over to our Isekai block. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom, Part 2 or Season 2, whatever it was. Woo! This show sucked ass. Ooh, this show was terrible. I could not stand this season. I hate, I hated the harem aspect of this show. They were setting it up from the get-go. I knew it was coming. And I hated it. They made such an emphasis on like, oh yeah, the king could have like eight different partners because they have eight days a week and that's fine with me. It's like, I knew it was coming. And when it was coming, I was like, this is just shit. Oh, I have so much to say, but Rifle, I'm gonna let, let me get, I think you liked it more than I did. What were your initial thoughts on the, the second part of um, how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom? Uh, yeah, so for me, the weird part is like, uh, we're going into this whole thing where seasons now that are two cores are being broken up by a whole season. So it's hard to imagine that this part is actually just season one still. Uh, so it's weird coming in like first few episodes and you're still doing the whole uh, invasion arc from last season. Uh, I think for me, some of the parts of the show are good concepts the way that's presented it's either bad or boring and that's what happened for me for some reason i just felt like it was an okay show to watch but it wasn't that driving force to watch it yeah there's like a i think it's like episode two and three where they have like a discussion with gene to go over or the genie to go over like some like political stuff and it just drags and drags and drags and drags and then they do some cool stuff with like the the broadcast system i thought that was really fun and then they introduce you know the treasurer of the country is now a 14 year old girl because she understands uh <laughs> buy high sell low i'm like what what is happening they made a dragon like knight a maid for some reason because her dad yeah. was a piece of shit, and so she's a maid now. It's like, you think that if you ran this kingdom, you'd have, like, this military, like, elite person on your side, and you make her a maid. That was so stupid. Um, there was a seed in episode... Hold on, one second. There was a seed in episode 11 where um, Kazuya, the main character... Is just wearing glasses and a hat. Yeah, yeah, the Superman. And he's nobody knows who he is, even though he broadcasts his face to everybody using magic. And and then he takes off the hat and glasses. Everyone's like, 
Oh my God, it's the king. Oh my God. Oh, you mean that girl that looks like the princess right next to you is actually the princess? Wow. That was so dumb. But episode 11, they're having a discussion with like uh, a guy who looks like a Native American and his sister. And then all of a sudden, they stop their diplomatic talks because a girl's having a baby and not just the doctor has to go. Everybody has to go see the baby because it's some random person that we have never been introduced to having a, a child. And then the, for some reason, then the chick has the baby, uh, makes the king the godfather after just meeting him. All right. Yeah. And, and then that conversation kind of just like is abruptly over. I'm like, who is writing this? It, it honestly felt like um, you took like two puzzle pieces that were like pretty similar but they weren't connecting pieces, but you just like jammed it together. And that's how it felt with the story. It felt so random in so many spots where it's political and we have the intrigue of like the actual magic system. And then we have our harem and then we have our 14 year old treasurer. And I'm just, it's so over all over the place where it made no sense. I didn't care. Um, It lost the fun of season one. I thought season one was like, Maybe not good, but at least fun in some elements where you saw, like, the introduction to, like, Kazuya's power and that he can, like, write laws, like, three at a time or something like that using that power. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. It's uh, it's very beneficial as, like, a diplomat. And then just, like, I don't know, nothing happened this season. Yeah. Uh, I ranted. Tell, tell me something. Tell me something. <laughs> tell you. No, so, like... As I said, there was stuff that happened, but it's just like because of how little emphasis there was, it just didn't seem like it, and that's how I felt. Like for instance, uh, what was it? Again, there was concepts that were brought up, but again, it was in through dialogue, which was boring. Yep. For like the beginning, the king's like, "Yeah, uh, what's the difference between demons and beast folk? They look the same." And then everyone's just like, "Now that you think about it." They kind of do. We might not want to tell the church, or else they'll, uh, you know, do something about that. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool concept, but you just lost me halfway through. I'm, I'm, uh, so, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still salty from season one where Kazuya discovered supply and demand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, uh, and as I said, this is leading off from the uh, invasion and the civil war stuff. We did see. Uh, I think what was it? uh george was it the uh lion guy uh how he just uh that whole episode where uh the king is like okay there's uh forces behind trying to interfere my stuff i gotta make sure i gotta take them out and i thought that was kind of cool where uh he was trying to go to two specific people to speak out against uh uh the people he was holding trial the dragons yep and when no one else would speak out he's like okay yeah killed them i'm like <laughs> holy cow and he's like yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta be swift about this stuff you can't be forgiving uh that again with the dragon girl i do agree it's kind of weird and yet he does explain his motive uh, i think for some reason i guess the options for her were either to be the us either a slave or maid or to just die but then you just see him say hey listen 
need you to do me a favor. If I ever become a tyrant, I need you to kill me. And I'm like, okay, so he wants someone to kill him. Okay, that's fine. But like you said, dressing them as a maid. Yeah, they're like they're like walking the town, and she's like a maid outfit. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is it's so just cliche anime and lazy, I guess. Yeah, there there was as I said, I felt like this whole season was a lull. I don't know if they ever will have more content. I don't know after this season, but I feel like whatever was introduced here will be like a foundation. Because what was it? Two episodes. They spent time on that researcher girl. And that was guys, so bad. That was so bad. Like, and as I said, that's that's another one where I'm like, the concept is fine. It's just the execution. It was so boring. Yes, so boring. Because so, someone's like, oh, we just discovered rechargeable batteries. Does nothing with it. For the yeah, rest and then of they the- also just like, oh, yeah, I, I've liked you. We should get married. Okay, like, where did this come from? These two random characters are now engaged. It's like. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like. Uh, it was just a weird concept. I mean, I was, I didn't hate it. I understood why because he wanted to secure this political relationship so that she would stay in their kingdom. But again, like you said, I just didn't. They just came out an episode ago, and that was another thing. She managed to make arrows where they grow trees by speeding up the light process somehow. First off, clearly took inspiration from Visco. <laughs> yeah. Second off, it makes no sense. I mean, how in a later episode, Soma is with his minister, and they're talking about lumber shortages, and they're like, oh, we're going to make uh, zones where people can't cut them down, or they'll get their heads chopped off. And I'm like, bro, you have arrows that can make trees spawn. My brother in Christ, you literally could spawn trees. <laughs> but uh, I know there's one episode I know that you have a lot of issue with, and it's the the slavery episode. Oh my oh, god, I forgot that. about the slavery. Oh my, what an awful, awful, awful just execution of trying to make... It's, it's the shield hero thing, where it's just like... Yeah, but I'm a nice slave owner, so it's okay. Like, he teaches the slaves how to read and write and do math so he can sell them for more money. And it's it's perceived as, like, he's teaching these people how to read and write. What a nice guy. No, he's doing it so he can sell them for more money. It was so strange. It was... I, I, yeah, it was strange. For me, I could see some reasoning, but again, it's like, you introduced this person, why should I care? Uh, Again, I don't know how this process works, because it's very vague. He's like, the slave girl's like, oh, if you don't care for us or all that, we'll be sold off to a different slave trader, and we might be separated from our family. So I'm like, I guess that makes sense. So his goal is is to, like, tell him to people that will treat them right and so th- that's still bad <laughs> I mean, again i'm not again i get that i understand that but so he tries to teach them in hopes that someone who will treat them properly and then uh someone comes in and he's like yeah bro 
I like your methods. I can't do anything about the system just yet, but I like what you're doing. <laughs> also, spoiler, he can. He's the king. Well, technically. Yeah, he, again, gets, he, gets, he can literally stop slavery at any time. Well, if he, he, could, if he wants to. But like they said, uh, the Civil War would break out. Yeah, guess what? That's what needs to be done. You need to... I'm going to get some Attack on Titan, some things. It's like, you know, the people that support that, maybe, maybe Civil War ain't that bad. Like, I'm going to be straight up with you. We did, America did it. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. But again, they just left a Civil War just now to cleanse all the other people. Having another Civil War would just create more havoc. And then that could still have people from across the borders come in and mess things up. Yeah, I mean, I know there's some, like, political stuff, but it's just so... Defending slavery is always bad. Like, no matter what this guy could have done with these slaves, he's still a profitable slave owner. You get no sympathy from me. I hope he dies. Like, I don't care that you taught them math. It's like Demon Slayer. I don't care that you were ugly or picked on when you were a kid. You killed a hundred people. I don't care that you're a nice slave owner. You're a slave owner. It, it's I, I hate it. I hate it so much. They do it so so many anime handled just absolutely poorly. And this is no. I might lower my score again. The only reason why I, I originally had this at a three, but I really like the confession scene at the end, and I am a romance uh, snob at heart, and so that confession scene. Buffed up. I guess that gives me my spoiler. I give the show a four. I think it sucks ass. I do not want more. I want. I don't want Kazuya to die because I don't think he's a bad dude. I just think. I don't think he's a realist hero. I just think he's a normal dude. I think this should have been called "How a Normal Dude Did Stuff at a Kingdom," and just people are just really stupid. It's like um. Idiocracy. I don't know if you ever seen that movie, where like he g- goes into the future. And he's, like, smart because everybody else is just so dumb. He's, like, looked at as a genius. But if it was in our day and age, he'd just be a normal dude. That's what this is. Kazuya literally invented supply and demand in this this series. I gave it a four. Uh, Maybe I should give it a three. I don't know. Uh, Rifle, what are your uh, final thoughts on it? Yeah, so, uh, again, I think I had my score pretty set uh, for this. Again, I didn't hate the show. Uh, as much as others, I, again, I felt like I was losing that drive for the whole show. It wasn't interesting as, like, the first season where every arc felt like it actually mattered uh, until, like, the very last episode where, A, you do have that confession, and then, B, you had that whole time stuff happen with the memories I'm like, oh, so this explains a lot of stuff. This explains why the king gave him the throne. Okay. So that whole stuff at the end kind of bumped my score up. Uh, so for me, originally I had this at like a low uh, six. Uh, but because the last episode, I'm like, okay, I give this for me like a seven. Okay. All, all just because of that last episode. Uh, that's fine. I bumped up a point from the last episode as well. Uh, so a four for me and a seven from Rifle. Uh, the next Isekai, The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Uh, this is Wait, it. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not an Isekai. 
Oh, it's a fantasy. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. Fantasy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my bad. The the shows get intertwined in my brain. Um, yeah, don't worry. It's just better realist hero. It is a better realist hero. Not saying much. I thought the show was. I think it started off really strong. I really the the animation. I'm gonna say straight up. The animation of the show sucks ass. It's really yeah. bad. But the characters in the beginning were really intriguing and fun. I really liked how like Nim kind of like fucked people up on the battlefield. And like the beginning episodes, and then the second half, she kind of like wasn't that role, which was kind of I I didn't really enjoy that, but she's kind of like the jack of all trades, so I get it. Um, Wine is essentially Lelouch, he's playing 3D chess, uh, (laughs) or while everyone else is playing 3D chess, he's playing 4D chess, he's always like two steps ahead. Um, I liked him for the most part, except for it's like every situation was just like him figuring it out like way ahead of time which was i mean it's fine that he's supposed to be like a genius like i get it um what i really hated was like some of the portrayals of the girls um especially the blonde hair chick from the other nation and Zeno, the blue hair girl who like yeah same thing she wears a hat and a military uniform it looks exactly like the princess and then she wears a dress and it's like holy shit it was the princess the whole time like did you see her chest? Like, yeah, it's it just, just like magically appears. It's just like I don't know. Some of that was just like really dumb. Some of the side characters did that as well. But the show itself was fun. I had a good time watching it. I liked it way more than Realist Hero. Uh, Rifle, what were your initial thoughts on the Genius Princess Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt? Yeah. So, like, like you said, when I heard that title, I'm like, bro, this sounds like Realist Hero, bro. Genius Prince Raising <laughs> Nation Out of Debt, like. Who makes up these titles? And I got into it, and I'm like, I'm digging this. Because I think what this show did, it uh, it establishes comical bad guys. That's what it does. Like, much of the evil people, they're kind of, like, just a bit comical, a little goofy. But because of their goofiness, they create these interesting situations that uh, the prince has to navigate through. Like one of my favorite moments through the entire show was when the prince of another country comes over because he hears that the princess uh is interested in him. And so you have wine just like, Oh, we got a duel. Okay, I'll try to make it where we both lose on purpose, so we both save honor, and the prince is drunk. Uh he just keeps running past wine through the window and falls off the wall and kills himself. And I'm like, what the heck? That How was funny. Make- I know, I liked it. But that was and like that because- was the that was the beginning. Right? Yeah. That was the first well, couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, the first couple. So because of that, wine had to be like, oh shoot, I screwed up. Cause now the opposing country will use that as an excuse to attack. Cause they may think, oh this is assassination. And I'm like, that goofy scenario became political. And I enjoyed it. It I allowed did, yeah, uh, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, it allowed us to see wine and think it out. It showed uh his love for uh Nim, which I enjoyed. She was like one of the best girls for the season. Yep. For me. She was great. Uh what else? Like you said, I animation was just bad. 
uh, especially the beginning stages where yeah. they're planning out their strategy. You have like these 3D moving chess pieces. And I'm just like, uh, but I think later on they kind of ditched that. Uh, I think the only thing was like at the end, uh, it kind of felt lackluster uh, where they were trying to lure another country to attack the red-haired king. Mm-hmm. Uh, the king realized it was an ambush, so he turns around to leave the troops of the enemies, and for some reason, Nim and these other two knights just magically appear out of nowhere. I'm just like, <laughs> how did you guys get here that fast? But I will say, like you said, uh, surprisingly, just to see heads roll was interesting. Yeah. I wish we saw more of it in the second half, but it was... It, yeah, it, it was interesting to see, like, Wine actually kill another king. Yeah, that was, that was, that was really good. Um, yeah, I don't really have, like, a whole lot to say about this. I, I thought the premise was fun of being, like, a smaller country kind of coming to power and kind of, like, gaining momentum into being, unfor- like, he's not even trying to be, like, a political power. But he like unfortunately is like randomly getting more and more influential, so yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. Um, I had a good time. I don't really have a whole lot more to say if you have any words, but I'm ready to give my review or my rating. Yeah, I think uh, just for me, like you said, this was just this was what was lacking from Realist Hero, aside from other things, was just that whole political drive. Each thing was had its own goal. It was very goofy. Uh, wine playing his 4D chess. I just loved it. Uh, got to see these characters interact. There were a little bit of what was it? Philosophical comments which I enjoyed, such as uh, how wine doesn't trust his people because he sees them all as potential nobles. And I'm like, huh, I like that. <laughs> is that is that philosophical or is that like paranoid? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Let's call it spade a spade. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can uh, give your review. Uh, yeah, I thought the show was a better realist hero. I had fun. I don't think that the show is good, but it is a fun fantasy if you're into that sort of thing. If you like the Lelouch-esque style of like main characters where he is outwitting and outplaying his opponents, this is the show for you. I just think it was just an it was an average show. I'm gonna give it a six. It was fine. I had a I had a fun time. Uh yeah, so for me, like I said, uh like you said, I had a fine time with it. I just loved it. Loved the interactions between the prince and Nim. Uh it's Lelouch, but Lelouch is more I wanna say what bratty, I think that's the case. I'm not too sure. But no, so uh just loved it animation was a bit poor uh music was a bit average but whole time i just enjoyed it i loved all this political drama that realists couldn't really deliver i felt it was consistent so i give this a seven out of ten all right six for me seven from rifle uh we're gonna do two slice of life's real quick since this is my bag uh the first one was a kiwi sailor uniform Love this show. I had a great time watching it. If you are a Slice of Life fan, 
I think this is very Comey-esque, except the main character can speak. Uh, I thought Cloverworks knocked it out of the park with their background animations, and just the animations in general of the show were very fluid, very clean. Uh, I love the voice acting in the show. And it was just an overall a really solid slice of life. I had a great time watching it. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot to say just because I'm the only one talking. And if you like Slice of Life, you'll probably enjoy Kibi Sailor Uniform. If you don't like Slice of Life, then you're never going to watch the shows. You don't have to worry about it. Um, in terms of my Slice of Life rankings, really good. Uh, didn't blow me away, but I had a really good time. I'm going to give it an 8. And the other uh, Slice of Life show was Slow Loop. Which I loved Slow Loop. This show slapped. And it does something so unique that I haven't, that without like over dramatizing um, the loss of a parent. And actually, it, it was in two cases. Uh, Hiori, the main girl, um, she loses her father to cancer. And the other girl, uh, Koharu, loses her mother and brother to a car accident. And then their parents down the road meet and get married and they become sisters. And we see this struggle of accepting like somebody new into your family uh, on both sides where, well, Koharu is a little bit more um, positive and um, upfront with who she is as a person. Yori is very uh, closed off, has a hard time expressing her feelings. And we see that because they bond over fishing, which is what Hiori did with her father. And so this is a, a thing that she, that means something so much to her, this hobby, this is what reminds her of her father and sharing that with somebody means a lot. And I thought that this show handled it fantastic. It was, it was cute and slice of lifey where People can bond over their 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 passions or their hobbies to get through trauma, to get through the loss of somebody, and it it just was it was so well done. If you're a fan of um, like Super Cub or Laid Back Camp, Slow Loop is for you. It was like almost a nine. I don't think it's quite enough to give it a nine, but the show was an absolute blast. I'm giving it an eight. It's just it was really well done, and that concludes. Um, all but one next is our speed round and the speed round. What this is, is we go through shows that we, um, aren't going to review, uh, to go in depth and we're going to try giving our review within a minute. We, each show gets a minute essentially that we missed. So rifle, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. All right. Uh, Whenever you're ready, speed round for rifle. Go ahead. All right. So. Some of the stuff that I couldn't talk about. Uh, finished uh, Lee Dale. Uh, felt like a 300 Years of Killing Slimes anime. It was a comfy show. Uh, not much to say about that. I give that like a 6 out of 10. Uh, Worlds in Harem. Surprisingly, I did enjoy that. Aside from some of the animations were pretty bad. A lot of lack of facials and whatnot. Uh, I like the hidden government stuff that happened behind the scenes that was like a five out of ten for me uh bonitas no carte second core uh if you like the characters uh of the you'll still like them again i felt like the first half kind of dragged on 
uh, second half picked up where we got to see Jean more of her cute side and we got to see people's backstories. I give that an 8 out of 10. Uh, Orient, this was your generic battle shonen. Uh, not much else to say. I felt like the second half kind of picked up. It had a good uh, OST. Aside from that, this was like a 5 out of 10 for me. Uh, Miss Kurotsu, uh, Monster Development. This is Super Sentai uh, Monster Development stuff. I liked it for some reason. Uh, I don't like Super Sentai. They did the business side of evil organizations. So they're making monsters and they have to adhere to guidelines of other departments, which I found pretty funny. Uh, and the last one that I want to mention is this ended in February, and this is Blade Runner Black Lotus. Uh, I like sci-fi. Never got into the Blade Runner franchise. For me, I was kind of new, fresh. Didn't really care for the characters too much. Uh, music was great. Loved the visuals. But I just wasn't interested in the storyline, so I give that a 5 out of 10. All right. All right. That was Rifle's speed route. He stole one of my takes, so we'll see how this goes. For me... My speed round. Here we go. Three, two, one. Sasaki and Miyano, uh, the boys' love from last season. I thoroughly enjoyed this coming of age story of people developing feelings for each other and figuring out that they are gay. I thought it was really well done. It wasn't forced, like given kind of was, and I had a great time watching it. I gave it a seven. Love of Kill, two assassins falling in love with each other and kind of like their backstory and how they became who they are and where they came. Uh, hit and miss in some spots, but overall, I thought the show itself was pretty good. I gave it a seven. Uh, World's End Harem. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the the political chess games of male genitalia. It was it was the etchy fix sometimes that I I crave like once a year, and I actually thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. I gave it a six. Uh, Land of Leedale, uh, like killing slimes for three hundred years. If you like that show, you like this show. Uh, some hit and miss spots. I thought the daughter stuff was at the end was kind of weird and out of place. It seemed like, I don't know, you have three kids now and then randomly adopting a child was just like, you wanted to go on like all these adventures and now you're a mom again. It's like fine, but it, it was, a, it was a fun, like fancy slice of life. Gave it a six, uh, teasing master to Kagi-san season three, a great way to, great, ugh, there we go. A great way to wrap up the episodic versions of Takagi-san. We're going to get a movie, and then we're getting the spinoff where they are married and have a kid later down the road. I thought this season was really fun, especially towards the end. The last couple episodes were great. I gave this an 8. Uh, fancy knock The Life of an Ordinary Guy Who Was Reincarnated into a Total Fantasy Knockout. Super fun show. Uh, gender bending um, is another just like, it's not labeled. It's labeled as gag humor. Uh, this is essentially a boys' love show, just like they just won't admit it because one of the characters is physically a female, but is the body of a dude, or sorry, like the inner, the inner soul of the person is a dude, and it was pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie, I had a good time watching it. I gave it a seven, and that wraps up the speed round, and we're gonna get to our last show, which is called Police in a Pod. It was a refreshing adult uh, slice of life comedy drama of two police officers in Japan, uh, more notably two female police officers in Japan. 
and it was written by a mangaka who was a police officer for 10 years and just there it's kind of like the retelling of so the mangaka is a female so it's her retelling of being like a police officer for 10 years and sort of like the things that she dealt with and then turned it into like a manga i thought this was a very refreshing take on uh the adult stories that we get i don't really know if we had like an actual like legit story like this where whether it's like police or like firefighters or ems or something like that i i, I just i love this show rifle what were your thoughts on police in a pod yeah i think uh originally i wasn't gonna delve into it but i decided to give it a shot uh and it was quite interesting to see just to see uh daily life of uh, a police officer supposedly uh i think someone mentioned this before uh somewhere else uh don't think you'd want them saving you with the way that they treat people but honestly that's understandable because nobody treats them fairly uh i think that's quite evident with the score that was given earlier on people gave this show like a six uh I, like I said, I think later on, I was enjoying it a lot more because it was trying to weave in some of the more heavier subjects. Yeah, I thought how they handled, it it, it was a little different because like the first two episodes were a little silly and fun. And then the third episode, we get the sexual assault or like. Yeah, of like the like the stepdad or whatever, or the mom's boyfriend, which is like a very real like scenario. And it kind of like turned it on its head on like how it was presented where I I did initially think that this was like like going to be like a more comedy based because there's definitely has it like his it's hysterical comedic moments. And then when we get the twist of like Oh no, we're going to be talking about sexual assault. We're going to be talking about rape. We're going to be talking about drugs. We're going to be talking about like domestic um, abuse, whether it's verbal or physical. And that's all handled in the show. And it kind of caught me off guard just because of like how it was originally handled in the beginning episodes. But that being said, I, I loved how it was handled. I loved seeing like through the eyes of like a Japanese police officer compared to, I don't know, my entire life watching cops like every Friday night when I was a kid. And just seeing how it's different between the two. It doesn't really seem like it's a respected position in Japan. Um, A lot of the police officers were like getting shit. Like like people were like talking shit to them. Like regardless of their age or status. It was, it, it was a very interesting view into their world. How re- I, I'm assuming because the mangaka is a 10 year veteran that... Most of it's true, but yeah, just the dynamic between Mai and Fuji, or Kwai and Fuji, and the the two like side male ones, Minamoto and Yamada, was like a really fun like uh, dynamic between like the inner working uh, police officers. So I I thoroughly had a good a good time watching the show. Uh, Rifle, did you have any like final thoughts on the show? Yeah, uh, honestly, I felt like some of the. Uh... Some of the art and music just wasn't for me. It didn't hit well, but same goes for some of the comedy. I bet some of the jokes didn't land well for me, but there were others that I did enjoy. Uh, Like we said, when it hit the heavier subjects, it really uh, made you think. 
Uh, one of the ones that really hit me was uh, the driving episode uh, with the police force uh, where, what was it? Uh, the main character was talking about how uh, she felt bad for this police ticket officer or whatever on a motorcycle. Uh, and they go to a scene where there was a car accident and she's like, oh, it looks like the one of the cars hit something and the senior officer is like uh, telling her to, I think it was either A, to act quickly or she just ran and the main character realized what it truly was. Mm -hmm. uh, it was actually a child that got flown out a window through the crash and died and I'm like, it is hard to see something like that. And we actually saw the mental stress on the officer after seeing something like that. Uh, the last arc involved uh, people, two criminals uh, going up to females at nighttime and kind of molesting them. That was a bit touchy. And yet they still managed to interweave some comedy stuff to it. One of the funniest things was one episode where they're trying to get a sketch of the guy and everyone's like, who drew this sketch of this guy? He looks so bad. And it was the main character. And they showed, <laughs> the, they showed the actual picture of the guy. They're like, oh my gosh, this person's a genius. Yeah. They like, they like, um, they like block out like the top and the bottom. They're like, oh my God, it's this dude. It's like, wow, you're a genius. Uh, what was her name? Kawhi. It's like, Thank you, Kawhi. She's just like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I had a good time with the like with her dynamic. The dynamic between Kawhi and Fuji, I really liked. Fuji, obviously, best girl. Loved yeah. her. Um, even like the the clerk girl that wore like the green like yeah. turtleneck. I thought like her kind of part at the end was really fun, especially with like trying to get the the girl who was uh sexually assaulted to like talk more. And that's really hard to do. And I really liked how like she was able to break through. I liked that um, style of like the like realism of that scenario. I was just handled like really well. Uh, the show is cute, but like at the same time, it had like it's serious moments of like, like you said, a child dying. Um, we saw like the old man dying and that's why that kid was like rebelling. Uh, uh, and yeah, we, saw that. we saw a drunk guy attempt suicide yeah yeah suicide like there's a lot of like real shit in the show and it was handled in a way where i thought it was like a a good mix of being serious and being fun because if it was all serious it wouldn't be like i feel like it wouldn't be too compelling of a show but the mix the dynamic with like the characters being like bouncing off of each other was like really well done so uh, i think another thing i want to say uh i liked how what was it? The analysis for some of the scenes was interesting, such as uh, one episode where she's with this, I want to say this, still a newbie police officer, male, who's a bit cocky, yep. who confronts uh, a gang of Yakuza, and two of the detectives come, and they start yelling at them, and it starts this huge uh, arguments between them. And the senior female officer comes by and she's like, uh, when you got these two forces, neither one can really back down. Uh, so to save face, you need a woman's touch. Uh, and then there was another moment where I think the main character uh, is dealing with uh, a female 
who's yelling at a male character, and the head honcho of the department comes by and apprehends the female because it turns out that female had a knife behind her back. Yep. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Um, this show, I mean, yeah, the, the shit that police have to deal with on like a daily basis, regardless of like what country they're in is just wild. So, uh, I'll give my review and then you can go next. Um, nice refreshing take on an adult drama that we don't get a lot of, especially when it's a realistic setting and not just like overly animated. If that makes sense. Like they didn't animate this. This seemed like a a, a police story just animated. I really enjoyed the characters, especially Fuji. I, I, I like that like Kohai senpai relationship that the two had. And I hope that we get more probably won't, but I saw it's manga sales and it wasn't bad. So is there a chance because like the animation, it probably doesn't cost a whole lot to make this show. I can't believe Madhouse did this. It's crazy. Um, I, I hope we get a second season more than likely we won't, but I'm crossing my fingers. I had a great time watching it. I'm giving it an eight. I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, for me, uh, like you said, I thought it was a really good show. I thought it showed the struggles of a police officer uh, they went through, such as always being on call when you see them trying to go on dates. Yeah. Uh, and their phones start ringing, so they all have to leave. Uh, we see the main character having to be part of the uh, search squad, so she has to run after the dog, even though she's not physically fit. Uh, just, th- I-, I can't believe that they also have those morning training exercises in the uh, dojo. I loved it when all the some of the elderly folks are like, uh, Sir, I'm so old. I think doing training will hurt me. Can yeah. you please excuse me? Uh, I did like that. Uh, like I said, not everything was funny, but that was okay. Uh, it was very decent show to look into the aspects of a police officer in Japan. Uh, for me, I give this show a 7 out of 10. All right. 8 for me, 7 from Rifle. And that wraps up our winter review. Uh, did you agree with us? Did you hate us? Did you Did you have some opinions on us? Let us know. You can either leave a comment if you're watching us on YouTube, or you can join our Discord. The link is in the description of the episode. Um, if you want to support us, the best way to do so is like, comment, subscribe, uh, leave a review, follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on or watching us. If you like our audio content and you want to see our beautiful faces, we have a YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube and you don't like our beautiful faces, we have audio only formats as well. That being said, next week is a watch club for Charlotte. I am not looking forward to that, but people vote on terrible shows. So sometimes we have to watch them. And then in two weeks, we'll be giving our first impressions on the currently airing spring season. We got a couple bangers already headed our way. Can't wait to talk about that. So if you made it this far, thank you so much. And we will see you next time.